This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Coming up next on Plains FM, the Shetland and Orkney Connection, brought to you by the Canterbury Shetland and Orkney Society. Played by Shetland Band Homebrew, signal 8.30pm the last Monday each month for the Shetland and Orkney Connection, produced by the Canterbury Shetland and Orkney Society and broadcast on Plains FM 96.9, either directly in Canterbury or streaming live globally on broadband, or available for three months after the broadcast via podcast on the website www.plainsfm.org.nz. Hello again and welcome to the June edition of the Shetland and Orkney Connection. It is presented by the Canterbury Shetland and Orkney Society and is promoted by Community Radio Plains FM 96.9. The programme is broadcast at 8.30pm on the last Monday of each month and is repeated on Monday two weeks later at noon. It's just Heather and myself here for this episode today. Yes, Jen's still otherwise occupied, so hopefully she'll be back next month with us. Mm. Now some snippets from the papers and the internet. A ban on commercial fish Fishing for sand eels is being proposed to help save Shetland's seabirds. Sand eels are an important food source for many seabird species, marine mammals and predatory fish. David Attenborough highlighted their decline when he warned of its impact on the charismatic puffins. He said sand eels were the puffins' favourite prey and were disappearing at an alarming rate. They are vulnerable to climate change and the impact of warming seas, and the fishing puts them under additional pressure. Currently, commercial fishing for sand eels takes place entirely by European vessels, where they are then sold for animal feed. That seems dreadful, doesn't it? It's disgusting, yeah. (laughs) Recently, author Anne Cleves officially opened the Shetland Noir, the literary crime festival in Lerwick. Anne, the author of the Shetland crime novels, is patron and curator of the event, which took place at the Mariel in Lerwick. Ironically, filming of the latest series of Shetland was taking place just a few hundred yards away. Anne said she was delighted the success of the TV programme Shetland had helped to attract crowds to the Shetland Noir, adding, It's not only the stories, but the lovely landscape. Anne revealed she had just released a new short story featuring Jimmy Perez and Alison McIntosh. It was inspired when she lost her laptop in a wintry Shetland. While the laptop was found, it had been run over by a vehicle. One of the highlights of the noir was a talk by the respected pathologist James Grieve, 
one of the few factual characters to appear in Anne Cleve's Shetland series of books. Mr Cle Grieve said it was a privilege to be a real character within her fictional books. Mm. Yes, Shetland is a detective programme written by Anne Cleves, set in Shetland, and Jimmy Perez was the main character, although they he has left the, the um, programme now and there's a female detective, isn't it? Oh, is there? Mm. I haven't mm. seen any of the recent mm. ones. No, I right. haven't either, yeah. Right. Mm. I'm sure they'll be just as good as the others. Mm. Shetland Island Council's environmental health team has found blue-green algae on the lock of North House near the village of Twat on the Shetland mainland. Do not get confused with the village of Twat in Orkney, which as far as known is scum-free. Signs were put up around the lock warning that contact with the algae could be avoided, should be avoided and animals should not drink the water. People who spot the blue-green algae in other locations are asked to notify the council. Sadly, there are some pet owners who have seen their dogs near death due to the effects of the algae. And I noticed just this morning, actually, on the computer that they found the green algae somewhere else in Shetland as oh, well. Right. So, yeah, they It's a bit like the algae that we have here, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. What do they call it? I think they call it snot or something <laughs> horrible. But if, uh, if dogs eat it, yeah, then... Yeah. Uh, they can be near death mm, too, mm. or even die. Mm, mm. The British Divers Marine Life Rescue are holding a marine mammal medic course in Orkney on the 8th of July at 11.30am. People who would like to train to become a marine mammal medic and become part of the BDMLR Orkney can enrol for a full wet course at Scarpa Beach. They have designed the course around the North Island ferry timetables, so you should not have to stay overnight in Kirkwall. Lectures will be online and information would be set out before the course date. The course has been developed to educate and train members of the public on how to help and rescue stranded whales, dolphins, porpoises and seals and they use life-sized and weighted models of these an animals. This is a wet course, so a wetsuit slash dry suit, gloves and boots are required. They are delighted to have received funding for local residents, so the usual course fee of £115 has been subsidised and is now offered for a one-off price of £85. Good to know that there'll it's be a some people. reduction too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it's mm. good to see that there'll be some people in Orkney yes, that uh, are yes. able to help these strandings. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Now, earlier this month, Scalloway's Primary School was closed after, after a potential dangerous historical ordinance was brought into the building. The Coast Guard said it was a 28-pound flash and smoke bomb containing 300 grams of explosives. The bomb was disposed of in a controlled explosion at Scored Quarry conducted by the Explosive Ordnance Disposal Unit. Speaking after the bomb was disposed of, Police Chief Inspector Stuart Clemenson said he would like to thank the Disposal Unit and the Coast Guard and all parties involved in securing the safety of the public during this time. While it is very rare to find unexploded ordnance on a visit to the coastline, Bad weather and high tides can expose these objects. It is important to be cautious as ordnance come in all shapes and sizes. And yeah, and they haven't, you know, a lot of them are 
can still explode too. That, yes, um, even though I mean, that's in Shetland, but it's the same in Orkney as well. Yes, yeah. mm. yes. NHS Shetland has leased 24 new electric cars to help its staff get around the aisles while cutting the health board's carbon footprint. The board now has a fleet of up to 35 electric cars. 22 charging points have also been installed at NHS locations around Shetland to help keep the cars on the roads. The latest fleet of cars means 75% of NHS Shetland's vehicles are now electric, and this was an important step to demonstrate their commitment to tackling climate change. Mm. I hope they have better luck with their cars than this gentleman in Shetland. He has traded in his electric car due to the unreliability of fast charge points, as well as people parking in charge bays. He said the key factor was range anxiety, a fear of running out of charge when going on long trips in Shetland. Can't imagine how long a trip in Shetland would be, but anyhow. Uh, one time he feared he was going to be stuck on Unst as other vehicles were parked in the charge point bays. He had owned the car for about two and a half years and had had enough. But new electric cars now have longer range with each charge. The Shetland Council is introducing fees for its public charge points and the Lerwick Port Authority is now doing the same. From the 1st of June, it will cost 47p per kilowatt hour at its points, which is in line with the cost of topping up on the Shetland Island Council non-rapid charges. And I would like to see them charge here too, yes. to put it towards roading. Right, <laughs> mm. yes, good idea. Mm. More than 200 young people attended a free heart screening event, which looks set to return following overwhelming support. Shetland Heart Screening, which organised the event for people aged 14 to 35, said the fundraising campaign was continuing. The group was founded by Siobhan Perry, Fern Johnson and Andrea Lawrenson, following the death of Mrs Perry's husband John, who died unexpectedly after a heart attack, aged 29. The screening at the Clickamine in Lerwick was carried out by a visiting team of mainland medics, facilitated by the charity Cardiac Risk in the Young. More than 10 of those who took part were referred on for further checks. Mm, that's quite so a that's few. that's good, isn't mm, it? It's quite a few, though, isn't it? 10 but I wonder how many did turn up. Oh, more than 200. 200, yes. Oh, that's so, good, yes. Mm. The Shetland Islands are home to the highest density of sea otters in Europe. Shetland shores and vows dominated by seaweed provide a home for many of the fish species that the otters like to eat. Otters are fish specialists, preferring to eat fish above all other prey. Shetland otters typically dive for 20 to 30 seconds while foraging. They need to catch approximately 25% of their body weight of fish every day. Otters have virtually no body fat and are entirely dependent on their fur for insulation. Each square centimetre of fur contains a staggering 60,000 individual hairs. That's a lot. Mm. Otters spend around 6% of their lives grooming. It is vital to, in order to maintain the fur's essential air retaining capacity. Resting on the shore allows the otters to warm up between fishing. 
Playful behaviour gives young animals an opportunity to learn both physical and social skills at a time when their mothers still provide protection and food. Playful behaviour is largely uncompetitive. The cubs often taking it in turns to pursue and be pursued, with no individual emerging as a winner or loser. Otters are rather shy animals, and you would be very lucky to see one. Mm. The care and support of those living with dementia and their families in Orkney has taken a significant step forward with the launch of a new Admiral Nurse Service for the first time in Scotland. In collaboration with Orkney Health and Care and Dementia UK, Age Scotland Orkney, are establishing a registered dementia nurse known as an Admiral Nurse. Mm. It'd be good, yeah. Mm. Sophie Kennelly, 24, from Yell, has been crowned the second strongest woman in the under 57 kg weightlifters across the UK and Ireland. She was surprised to come back as 2023's runner-up after only starting weightlifting less than a year ago. Gosh. Hope for me yet. (laughs) (laughs) Crowds gathered on Victoria Pier in Lerwick for the Lifeboat Open Day. Among the attractions were stalls, games, food and drinks, as well as live music. The lifeboat crew were on the seven-class lifeboat to welcome visitors aboard. It was really good to see folk coming together to support the lifeboat. The fire brigade, coast guard and police bikes were there to help out as well. There is always a lot of folk coming to support us, to help put up the tents and taking them down. There was a lot that went on behind the scenes and it does make a massive difference to the RNLI. Yeah. Mm. The tourists had shown an interest on the day too, with many eager to snap up lifeboat souvenirs, such as hats and badges. The badges were especially popular. Among the equipment on show was a rope rescue kit, which is used by the Coast Guard crews looking to navigate their way down cliffs. Communication equipment was also on display, including radio masts, masts and water rescue equipment. Great to hear they had such a great day, and it looked a really sunny day. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes, they've had a good summer, apparently. Oh, they have, yes. Mm. Yeah. Over 80 years ago, the Churchill Barriers changed the face of the South Isles of Orkney and affected the lives of the community. Peter Kirkness has many memories of working on the barriers as he worked on the construction from beginning to end. It was 1940 and one of his first jobs was looking after Mr T.D. Sneddon, agent for construction company Belfour Beatty, the firm carrying out the work. I used to boil an egg for him in the morning, he recalls. He also remembers running errands for the navvies camped on the island who were laying railway tracks for the rock-carrying locomotives. This was the only time Orkney had a railway. There is none there today. No, it was, yeah, it was just Taken a little... away after it yeah. had all happened, yes. Yeah. Jobs in the timekeeper's office and in the stores followed before Peter moved on to the construction side of things. He found himself driving locomotives that took rock from Wearbank's quarry on Burry down to the barriers. He also carried the rock to the crushers. The shifts were long, usually 12-hour stints, from 6am to 6pm. In the summer, we sometimes work longer shifts. 
but in the winter it was hard going. It could be very cold sitting in the locomotive. For all this work, Peter was paid around £6 a week. He still keeps his old wage slips as a reminder. Nearly everyone on the island was employed on the work, even some of the farmers. Mm. In 1942, additional help arrived in the form of hundreds of Italian prisoners of war. Peter helped build their camps, and he remembers them as friendly individuals and a little bewildered by their predicament. They didn't want to fight, that was clear, he said. There was one incident when the normally placid Italians rebelled. They went on strike because they felt they were doing defence work by building the barriers. However, once they heard that roads were being laid across the barriers, they settled to their task a little happier. You would think that the Italians built the barriers, but there had been two years' work done on them before they arrived. He said the prisoners had their own hospital and chapel before the famous Italian chapel was built on Lamb Home. His enduring memory of the Italian camp was the poor weather he and his workmates had to endure while building the barriers. One of Peter's special memories is of seeing the man behind the causeway concept, Winston Churchill. It was a Sunday, remembers Peter. He was out in a launch looking at the block ships. Earlier this month, sun cream was the order of the weekend, as bikers took to Oliberry for the 39th Simmerdim Rally. The annual event was met with a rare and welcome blast of sunshine. Specialist road police were also up from the mainland to look after their 150 bikers over the weekend. Mm. And they, mm. Yeah, once again they had They'd a lovely... make a bit of a noise, wouldn't they? Yeah, uh, they were push bikes. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> well, they are, I, think, I was thinking they were like no, our I bad think, lads. <laughs> no, I think recently they um, did have motorbikes at a rally up there. Yeah. Right. Mm. I came across an article from some old Orcadian cuttings I had from 1990. There had been some debate on whether tourism was a good or bad thing for the islands. Although it was written about Orkney, I think it could also have meaning for Shetland and the rest of the world as well. I think that in recent years, tourism has gone a bit mad. Do we really want masses of tourists clogging up our streets and tramping over our beauty spots and our heritage spots? The article went on to say, there is no risk of Orkney becoming subjected to the kind of mass tourism associated with Blackpool or even Inverness according to HIDB member Mr Robin Lingard. We are too far away. It costs too much to get here, and we don't have what tourists want. So it does no one's case any good to exaggerate the risks, he said. It said that Orkney should be chasing higher spending visitors, or making them stay longer, travel more widely, and come at different times of the year. There are many things in Orkney that are special, Archaeology, ornithology, geology, botany, music, poetry, architecture, diving sites, wartime history and craft, as well as Ockney beef, cheese, salmon, shellfish, knitwear and whiskey, of course. Sort of makes you smile when he said that Orkney didn't have what tourists want and they've got all that, you know. Exactly. Uh, Mr Lingard said, too many people never get beyond the mainland on their visit. 
and most don't come here to sunbathe or swim. And how many bird watchers from down south know the sheer number of wintering birds in Orkney and how easy it is to see them? And well, this should is a, be keeping it quiet then. Yeah, but this is a trouble with the cu- cruise ships that only bring people to the islands for a day or maybe two, yes. and only in the summer. That's right. And there are plenty of things to do and see in Orkney and in Shetland all year round. Mm. Mm. Continuing the tourist theme, earlier this month, June 2023, there was a lot of discussion on cruise ships, and one thing that was asked for was better information on the road closures that were coming up. There is two different thresholds for road closures. One, for when there are more than 3,000 passengers expected in one day, we would close Bridge Street and Albert Street. When there are more than 5,000 passengers expected in one day, they would close Bridge Street, Broad Street, Castle Street, Palace Road, Tankerness Lane and Victoria Street. There will be six days between now and the end of August when these road closures would happen. I mean, mm. that's what I think. 5,000 people is nearly a quarter of the island's population. Yes. And that's a lot of people to have wandering around the small town of Kirkwall clogging up the streets yes. and all the buses on the roads ferrying people around. I'm sure all the locals avoid the town in these days that the big ships visit. I really wonder, too, if they also need more protection of the island's heritage sites. Uh, Just before we finish for this month, did any of you see the photo on Facebook of the windmills being built in Shetland by the Viking Company? It looked so awful, and I think it was only half of what is going to be erected. They have really ruined the countryside. I know when I was in Orkney in 2018, I was annoyed sometimes when I went to take a landscape photo, and in the middle of it I would see a windmill. Progress, I suppose. And I see that the book Shetland Bus, the classic story of secret wartime missions across the North Sea, has just had its fifth reprint. Great to see. Yes, and it's a great book to read. I haven't read it. I must do it. Oh, and the Orkney Inga Saga is one I want to read too. Yes. Okay, keep safe and warm. And cheerio for now. Bye for now.